Part 13 The great creature crashed down on the shore, and the ground trembled. Its eyes were a wild purple, and its skull was pointed with a thick, jutting brow. The beast lowered one of its massive arms to the ground, breathing furiously. Each exhale marked a plume of steam in the chilly night. Jake left me, slowly circling the newcomer. He sniffed at the air like a dog at a butcher shop, his simian hands flexing in and out of fists. Didn't think he'd take so well to the serum. The serum? Was that my dad? If it was, it looked nothing like him now. It stood at least fifteen feet tall, towering over Jake by two or three hands. Its skin was a mottled gray, and two fangs grew upward from its lower jaw. A trail of tangled, thick hair fell over its naked shoulders. It looked like a mountain troll. Or is it even you in there? Jake continued, chuckling. Maybe you just smell the blood of an Englishman and came running on over. The troll let out a deafening screech, its voice like nails on a chalkboard turning up to twenty. It dashed at Jake, but Jake was faster. His ape-like body gave him agility that the creature couldn't match, and he clambered on the thing's backside, wrapping his thick arms around its neck. Now I know where Maddie gets his temper from, Jake grunted, squeezing his chokehold tighter. His dear old dad. The troll bucked and hollered, its short legs kicking up stones in every direction as it lashed out, attempting to reach Jake and toss him off. Fuck, so that thing was dad. Worse yet, Jake had him in a bad position. He lacks Jake's flexibility, and apparently his capability for human thought. Whatever self-awareness Jake and Nolan had learned over their years was missing from my father. He was near mindless, thrashing about like a rabid animal. He looked feral. Jake was distracted, though. The dagger gleamed in the corner of my vision, framed by the last dying rays of moonlight. If I could reach it, maybe I could catch Jake unaware and hurt him enough for Dad to get the upper hand. Once Dad had knocked him around some, I could stake the bastard and put an end to the summoning bullshit. I pressed down with my good arm, trying to use it to leverage myself upright, but the pain was unbearable. I collapsed back on the beach, battered and broken. It was no use. I was just some guy trying to fight literal monsters and had paid the price. But I wasn't alone. Eric! I called, craning my neck to look at him. He hadn't moved. On the contrary, he looked to have settled in. His eyes danced in the moonlight, and the faintest hint of his smirk played at the corner of his mouth. Eric! I shouted again. In the background, the sound of our father's voice grew quieter, more labored. Jake's chokehold might not be able to kill him, but we'd seen with the shotgun blast that enough punishment could slow the cryptids down. Eric, look at me for God's sake! Eric did, but it didn't seem like my brother. He looked identical to him, but his eyes were cold, dead. His anxious fidgeting had been replaced by a calm indifference. What is it, Matt? He said. The tone was all wrong. Damn it. Had the summoning finished? If it had, it lacked the climactic flair old horror movies had promised me. That's Dad, I said, looking sidelong at the wheezing troll. He needs our help. My brother walked toward me with an uncharacteristic swagger. His messy black hair swept up in the breeze. Why don't you help him, then? I'm a little hurt, I spat, gritting my teeth. In case you couldn't tell. Eric drew up in front of me, his skin sallower, paler than I remember, his eyes flickering with hints of gold. We spent several long moments staring at each other, my heart beating out of my chest. He looked perfectly comfortable, though. Amused, even. When he spoke, it was a word I hadn't understood. Something from another language. Deriul. The world began to melt away. The sounds of Jake and Dad retreating to the background. The sense and sensations around me fading until I was surrounded by an encroaching, suffocating darkness. What was happening? Was I dying? My brother's voice echoed around me. Please, Matt! She wept. Please! I could see her now, 
her figure coming to life through the black of my memories. She wore her favorite summer dress, dotted with bright sunflowers, and on her head, a wicker gardening hat. She smiled at me. Mom? I said, my voice stronger than it had been earlier. I felt whole again here, in the depths of my memories. She brought a finger to her mouth. Shh, Eric's coming. We don't want to ruin the surprise, do we? I blinked, staring at her. I'd almost forgot the shine of her dark hair, the playfulness in her eyes, the kindness in her smile. She was such a nice memory. Why had I avoided it for so long? The light that framed her spilled out, illuminating the hardwood floor we stood upon, and then the walls with their dull baby blue wallpaper, and finally the ceiling, where an old fan spun lazily, cooling us from the summer sun. We were in the room I shared with Eric. In each corner were two beds, dressed in bright Power Ranger blankets. The floor was covered in action fingers and unfinished rounds of board games. The memory shifted. Eric is with us in the room now, small and young just as I was. We must have been t nine or ten. He didn't look happy though. He was throwing toys about, stomping around the room and screaming at Mom. I don't care about my birthday. I don't want to hear anything more. I don't want to hear him anymore. I want the voice to leave me alone. The voice. The bedroom began to twist, spin out of control. I was back in the unending darkness, the blank void where my memories lived. She wants us to be our last dose, Grandma said. She sounded hazy, dreamlike. Her words drifted in from somewhere in the unending abyss. She'll have one last swim and then she wants it to stop, for all of them. She's a coward, Jake shouted. The memory began to build again, and I was in the outhouse. The voices were right outside of it. Eric has all the potential and she's jealous of him. Matthew, Grandma said, not Eric. Matthew is the one best suited. He's less affected by the serum. But that's exactly why it needs to be Eric, Jake argued. We want somebody powerful, somebody willing to do what needs to be done. Hush, keep your voice down. The boys might hear. Relax, Ma, Jake said with a sigh. They're swimming in the river, and Nolan's keeping an eye on them. I heard him pacing. Eric's potential is enormous, and we should be leveraging that. He's not himself on the serum, Grandma snapped. And by the way, Alice suspects you've been dosing him. I've assured her that I've forbidden it, but I'm beginning to think you're not listening to me either. Jake kicked something, a bucket or a large can. Come on. You know Alice doesn't believe in this anymore. She's killing herself fighting the damn serum. You've seen her. She looks half dead. It's her choice to make, Grandma said. I'll remind you that she's watching the boys from the water. I wouldn't try anything if I were you. Jake laughed. She's a little sister. I'd be warning her not to try anything. The memory lurched again, this time taking us back to the mountain. Except it was a bright day, and Mom, Eric, and I were on the river, sitting up on the big rock where he'd read mysteries. Mom looked more unhappy than she had earlier. Her eyes were framed by dark bags, and her posture was slouched, exhausted. She smiled in spite of it, though, and I smiled back, so happy to be with her again, so happy to feel like a family again. If we catch a fish, can I kill it? Eric said. The comment caught me off guard. Eric was staring blankly into the water, his skin paler than before kept scratching at the back of his neck and I saw marks there. Some scabbed over. I call it, Matt. I get to kill it. Don't worry so much about that, Mom said calmly. I tried to speak too, but the words weren't there. I was an accessory to this, it seemed, and nothing more. Still, it was nice to be back there, before things had turned so bad. Before that night had ruined everything. Try to enjoy the water, Mom added. It's a beautiful day. I hate the sun, Eric spat. Bitterness creeping into his voice. I want to see the cave again. Mom shifted, looking uncomfortable. Grandma told you we can't go there, sweetheart. For some reason, this memory felt familiar, though. 
I couldn't piece what happened next. He glared at her. Uncle Jake took me there. I know where it is. My mouth opened. Words came out. But they weren't mine. They were words I had said years ago. Come on, Eric. Jake's letting us borrow his fishing gear and it's a freaking nice day. Who cares about a stupid cave? He didn't so much as glance at me. Just stared back at the over the water. Silent. My vision blurred and the memory swept me away again. This time the change was subtle. And it couldn't have been more than a few hours later. The sun was setting now. Painting the blue sky in the shades of orange and red. I was reeling in a fish. Why did this feel so familiar? It gave me a horrible feeling, and I couldn't place why. Mom, I shouted. I think it's a big one. Great job, Maddie. Uncle Jake will be really impressed. She beamed to me, and I felt my heart melt. Just in time for dinner, too, she added with a wink. I loved her so much, missed her so much. I'd forgotten how moody Eric could be, but that didn't really matter. Not really. Kids were like that, after all. And we were a family here, a real one. I finished reeling the fish in and pulled the hook from his mouth. The trout flopped and squirmed on the rock, desperate to return to the river. My young stomach twisted, realizing this was the part where we had to kill it. I'd never killed anything bigger than a bug. Can I do it? Eric said, doing a poor job of masking his excitement. He eyed the fish hungrily. Mom looked tired, exhausted. Maddie caught it. I think he should. It's okay, I said. I honestly didn't think I had it in me to kill a thing. You do it. I tossed the fish to Eric, gladly, and he held it on the rock. I think it'd be easier with a knife, Eric said. Jake always uses the knife when he kills his fish. He looked at our mother expectantly, his eyes drifting to the tackle box at her side. She hesitated, but opened the latches on the tackle box and pulled out Jake's gutty knife. She passed it to Eric, handle first. He took it eagerly and gazed at it reverently before stabbing it down through the fish's head. It wriggled, and he hacked at it again and again. Then he cut into it, carving at it on the rock. Guts spilled out, blood coated his fingers. Stop, I shouted. You're ruining it. He looked up and I felt uneasy. Those eyes, that panting excitement on my brother's face. I was beginning to remember this moment and I wanted to leave. The sun inched behind the tree line, casting a shadow over the rock and over us. Shut up, Matt, Eric growled. That's enough, Eric, Mom said. A nervousness had slipped into her tone. She held out her hand. You've killed it. Now let's put away the knife. Eric looked down at the blade, dripping with blood, coated in what remained of the fish. He blinked, then stared up at our mother. There was something wrong with the way he looked at her. It was the same way he gazed at the fish. No, he said. I want to keep the knife. Just give it to her, you dick, I snapped. I was angry at him for ruining my fish and our dinner. Young me had been so proud of catching it, so proud of the chance to show it to Uncle Jake that I was practically fuming over Eric's treatment of it. I was too young to notice the danger of the situation, and Eric's expression. I wanted to look away, but the memory dictated I stare at him. Furious, frustrated, eleven years old and completely oblivious to the subtext of the moment. Dread began mounting inside of me, but I had no way to communicate that to the younger me, to my mother. The truth was, I realized why this felt so wrong and so familiar. It was twelve years ago, moments before nightfall. The knife, Eric, Mom said more forcefully. She nodded toward her open hand. Now please. I already told you I'm keeping it, Eric screamed. He pulled back, clutching the knife to his chest. Tears streamed from his eyes. He wants me to have it, and he'll hurt me if I give it back. Now, Mother said, raising her voice. Her patient has run its course, and she reached for it. Eric slashed at her. She recoiled in a spray of blood, cradling her hand to her stomach with a shriek. I froze, my heart thundering in my chest. No, there was no way. This couldn't have happened. 
It was a lie, all of it. My mother had died in a river boating accident. I knew that. Eric knew that. Per diem was doing this, affecting my memories. Strangely, Eric, I didn't think I'd take any convincing for you at all, Jake's words echoed. Or are you still pretending you didn't murder my sister? The memory kept playing, and I couldn't stop it. I couldn't affect anything here. I couldn't even look away. I was at the mercy of his history. Eric rose, and my mom tried to as well. But he caught her across the face with a knife. More blood. So much blood. She stumbled backwards, falling with an anguished moan of the rock. Please, Matthew! She wept. Please! Her voice broke my paralysis, and the younger me launched at them. My fear and shock replaced by adrenaline. Eric slammed the knife into her, and I kicked him as hard as I could, square in the face. He flew off of her. His body slid down the big rock and fell to the beach of the groan. My chest felt tight with panic, with terror. I turned to Mom and saw the knife sitting down to its hilt in her chest. Blood pooled over her white sunflower dress, turning it to a horrible crimson. Tears spilled out of my eyes and I screamed for help. I screamed for Jake, for Grandma. What did I do now? I was just a kid. Mom, I whimpered. Mom. She didn't respond. Her eyes were blank, her body still. The gray of the rock had been replaced by a slick coating of red. Barking sound in the distance. Grip. Something struck me in the back of my skull and I dropped next to Mom. My head throbbed my vision blurred. Beside me, there was a wet sound, and I realized the knife was being pulled from my mom's chest. I rolled over, disoriented and scared and running entirely on instinct now. Eric stood above me. He slashed at me, and I threw up a hand to protect my face. Blood sprayed across my t-shirt, and I screamed. He swung the blade again, cutting at me over and over. Finally, with his other hand, he grabbed my arm and pressed it down, out of his way. Then he was on top of me, the knife to my throat, and I was too terrified in too much pain to move or react. His eyes glinted with a hint of gold. No, that's too quick, Eric hissed. He adjusted himself, moving the blade away from my throat. Agony tore through me. The knife stabbed into my side, slowly sliding deeper and deeper. My will to fight began to fade. I couldn't feel the younger me giving in, giving up. My brother was killing me. I watched the memory play out in horror. This wasn't Eric. It wasn't the man I knew. Something terrible had happened to him. Griff's barking grew louder, and I heard Grandma shouting. Eric looked up, his face losing the manic terror. The next moment, Jake pulled him off me, and Eric kicked and screamed and shouted. His voice turned to mumbles, slurring, before going completely silent. He's killed them, Grandma shrieked. Inside of my younger body, I felt my heartbeat slowing. My skin grew cold. It was all I could do to keep my eyelids open. For fear that if I shut them, I might never open them again. Things were dimming getting murkier by the second. Somebody appeared over top of me, holding my eyes open and staring into them. Maddie's still alive, but he's hurt bad. It was Jake. We can save him with a dose. Grandma's whimpers turned to sobbing howls. My Alice. Ma, Jake shouted. The serum. Hand it to me or your grandson dies. I couldn't see Grandma from my position, but she must have agreed silently because Jake was leaning over me again, this time with a satchel of draped across his chest. He reached into the bag and pulled something out, and then I felt a thin sharpness piece pierce my forearm. And Alice? Jake said, looking over to me where my mom's body lay. I don't think a dose of this is going to make a difference for her. Grandma shuffled into frame. She looked panicked. Her eyes were wide, and her frame, normally strong for her age, looked with horror. We'll have to give her more then. What if it's not enough? Jake said, rising from me. My vision was distorted. Hardly there at all but I could make out an empty syringe in his hand. 
He stuffed the syringe in the satchel bag. What if she dies anyway? How are we going to explain that? A pause. We'll have to throw her in the river, downstream, somewhere we can lose her body. Fair enough, Jake said. Can't have the authorities poking around up here. We'll need to make sure the boys don't remember a thing. This was a riverboating accident, nothing more. You hear me, Jacob? Poor Maddie's hand got cut up by the propeller when the boat toppled over. Grandma nodded to herself, running a hand through her short curls of gray hair. That's it. We'll scuttle your fishing boat and tell the sheriff it was an accident, nothing more. Let's hope she survives then, Jake said with a grim chuckle. I love that boat. My vision faded to black and then slowly, gradually, sounds returned. The high-pitched screeches of my father being choked by Jake. The words of Eric, or the monster wearing his skin, still standing before me. You see now, that this was him all along, Eric said. He leaned down, and opened my jacket with a look of fascination. Jake did all this, a good effort, but unfocused, messy. He gently put a hand near my stomach. Ah, and there you go. I suspected as much, given your glassy expression. You've already done it. I looked down, followed his gaze on my open jacket. Shit. The syringe I'd pocketed earlier was sticking out of my side, still halfway full of swirling emerald serum. Its cap must have fallen off when Jake tossed me around. I'll let you in on a little secret, Matthew, Eric said, leaning down to whisper in my ear. It's finished. Eric's gone. I've crossed from beyond the veil, and now there's no turning back. I wanted to scream, to cry, but it was too much. I was too weak, too hurt. Perdiam brought a cold hand to the side of my head and tilted it, so that I was staring at Jake and Dad. Their fighting had escalated, and Dad was losing, badly. Jake's Sasquatch arm still squeezed his throat, but now he had bit into him as well. His long, jagged canine pierced his neck. Blood leaped from my dad by the gallon, drenched the shore beneath. Your father is weakening, Pridium said. Once your uncle's weakened him enough, he'll kill him. He can't touch the dagger, I said. My words were slurred now. Was that because of the serum? It's silver. Perdiam chuckled, standing up and dusting Eric's jeans off. You got on pretty well. Alas, no need for the silver. Not when your uncle can merely rip his heart free and be done with it. I didn't feel well. I felt nauseous, dazed. It was hard to think, like each thought was moving through molasses. You can't stop it, Matthew. Perdiam's words seemed distant, difficult to make out. Join me, and we can stop it together. Another screech in Dad's body crashed to the ground, shaking the shoreline and causing a small rock slide of pebbles into the river. Splash, splash. I wanted to rest, close my eyes and go to sleep. Forever. I wasn't afraid anymore. I was ready. Another screech. Weaker this time. Dad was hurt, and he needed me. I'd lost everybody. Mom, Eric, Grandma. Dad was all I had left, and I was letting him down all over again. I didn't have a choice. If Per Diem was already here, then it didn't matter whether or not I became a monster. Not anymore. The war was lost. But I could still win this battle. I could still kill Jake and still save my father. I found the syringe in my stomach, and I pressed down on the plunger. 